Well, how's it hanging, Huda Thunkers? This is your host of the Huda Thunkin' Podcast, Zeb, coming to you for another episode. Um, this is after a week-long hiatus I took from a little bit of everything. I took a vacation, and it was sorely needed. I took a, a break from work, podcast, and the greater Pittsburgh area as a whole. And But now I'm back, and I'm delighted to get back to this wonderful podcast that I enjoy oh so much. This week's episode is about another weird topic from history. In 1772, a baby boy was born to a poor farming family in the country of France. Fun fact, I actually have a French minor from college that I don't put to use nearly as much as I should. So, uh, a few things I need to pronounce in French for this podcast. No need. I know how to pronounce them correctly. Anyway, this baby's boy's name was Terare. And he was a bona fide freak of nature. I don't like to use the word freak easily. I think everyone has, you know, it can be demeaning. But this dude was a freak. He ate a lot, like a disgusting amount of food. By his teenage years, he could eat a quarter of an entire cow. And to put that in perspective, my dad, growing up, would buy, I think, like a half of a cow. And he put most of the meat in 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 his meat freezer. That would last my family, my whole family, like a year, maybe more. So this dude's eating a quarter of a cow, but within 24 hours. I I don't... I don't know how that's possible, but instead of being a big obese dude, as you might expect, Terare only weighed 100 pounds. (laughs) What? And he was, when he was 17, his mouth was absurdly large. He looked like one of those Canadian characters from South Park with their flappy heads. (laughs) Hey, gang. He was said, it was said that Terare could fit a dozen eggs in his cheeks all at once. A dozen, something you would need a carton for. (laughs) Plus, his teeth were gnarly with cracks and stains all over them. It's gross. His stomach was very elastic. You may have heard of a muffin top. Well, Terare had the muffin top. If his stomach was full, it was this giant ball jutting out of his tiny 100-pound body. But if he was hungry, his stomach reverted to this flabby mass of drooping skin around his midsection. Uh, They said he could wrap it around his stomach like a belt. That's how much flesh was flapping down around his abdomen. Mark Oliver from AllThat'sInteresting.com writes, when he ate, he would blow up like a balloon, especially in his stomach region. But shortly after, he would step into the bathroom and release nearly everything, leaving behind a mess that the surgeons described as, quote, fetid beyond all conception. Fetid meaning smelly, ex- smelling extremely unpleasant. And even though most peasants in the 18th century smelled like rather ripe, Terare apparently smelled god-awful, in amongst these already smelly people. This, this guy sounds like one heck of a catch, ladies, let me tell you. He's gross. Ferrari's flabby belly and cheek uh, skin made him resemble a cartoon, but what really sold the look was the visible, visible stench wafting off of his person at all times. Wafting. It's a good vocab word. Fun word to use. Because he subjected his body to so much food all the time, it gave off a he gave off a great amount of heat. He was, like, hot to the touch. This made his sweat. He sweated profusely. The constant sweat, you know, if you can imagine, made him swell like smell like an open sewage system. This made it unbearable to be around him within 20 paces. This guy was such a burden on his family as a child that they kicked him out. They couldn't afford to feed their little demonic glutton troll of a son. So after scavenging through piles of trash for a while, Tarare realized... He could make a profit off his disgusting appetite, so he became a street performer. Now, Terrari joined a roaming band of performers, but they weren't 
Uh, performers is a, is a nice term to use. They were actually prostitutes and thieves. <laughs> so they would put on a show or perform sexual acts on people throughout France and then steal from their audience slash sexual partners when their attentions were elsewhere. Our Borterare was one of the main attractions for these street performers. Uh, people came from all around to watch this dude just scarf down trash into his mouth. They gave him baskets and buckets full of apples, eggs, and even wine corks. Terrari just shoveled it all into his disgusting gullet. He became famous in Paris for his art of packing his obscenely large mouth full of any trash a passerby might be willing to give him to eat. Then he'd gladly swallow all of that unwanted rotten food and garbage, collected their money, and continued to ask more people on the street for anything that remotely resembled sustenance. So he could eat that too. <laughs> Drari Street Performing reminds me of another performer that I consider nothing short of a hero. He's a professional wrestler. You may have heard of him. Um, here, I'll just let you listen for yourself. Yeah, that's my character. I'm the trash man. I come out, I throw trash all over the, all over the ring. And then I start eating garbage. And then I pick up the trash can and I... Now, Terrare's street art, like I said, if you can call it that, worked well until one time Terrare got an intestinal blockage. He was taken to the hospital, and what they do, they treated him with this really powerful laxative, like medical-grade laxative. And this treatment ended in what I can only imagine is the poo of all poos, the king of poos, explosive poo. So that was the end of his street performing. He ran into a bit of a blockage, if you can say that. And then, so now we're jumping forward to 1792. Terrare joined the French Revolutionary Army. There, he was given four times the rations of a regular soldier, but still was seen rummaging through the garbage, because four times the amount of food was not enough to satiate his hunger. People saw him shoving fists full of trash in his mouth from the gutters. Terrare had joined the army, probably with the promise of free food, but the army didn't really want him, like his parents. <laughs> Just like his parents didn't want him. That's terrible. But Terrare's fellow soldiers couldn't take his horrible stench and didn't appreciate how much food he sucked up. Due to his metabolism, if he wasn't eating or sleeping, Terrare was tired all the time. This wasn't the kind of end of the day tired that you and I might experience. He was feeling the full extent of the medical anomaly that was his digestive system hit his energy levels. So like, unbelievable amounts of fatigue. Terrare must have passed out a few too, few too many times because the French army sent him far behind the lines where physicians Baron Percy and Dr. Corville could examine the otherworldly-like specimen that was Terrare. The doctor subjected him to a series of tests. The first one, pretty simple. Give him a ridiculous amount of food. Uh, and this food consisted of, I guess, curdled milk and really hard pudding. I don't know what hard pudding is. But it's, it's, it sounds awful, like not really edible. So they gave him curdled milk, hard pudding, and a bunch of other scraps left over from a dozen German laborers. Terrare scarfed down all the food and was happy about it. No problem. The second test, they gave him a live eel um, just to see what he would do with it. Like, here, man, here's an eel. It's alive. And apparently, Terrare, he loved the flesh of serpents. He ate, he ate uh, snakes, eels. 
I don't know why, because they were tube-shaped and easier to go down his gullet. Dorare crushed the eel's head with his troll teeth and then swallowed the whole thing whole. Now, I don't know if you try to imagine what an eel skeleton would look like. There are, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It's on the blog if you want to look at it. It's got like hundreds of these tiny little bones, sharp bones. All of that was in his stomach, probably still wriggling around because he just killed it with his teeth. Uh, but he was fine. Didn't bother him at all. Didn't cut up his stomach, I guess. And Terrari was then observed capturing a live house cat, biting it at its stomach to disembowel it. I know it's horrible. From there, he drank all the cat's blood and continued to swallow the cat's carcass whole. What? A few minutes later, Terrari spit up the bones, skin, and fur of the cat, just like an owl regurgitating a pellet left from its prey. Um, if you're not familiar with uh, owl pellets, I, I, I dissected one in, I believe, high school or middle school. Owls that eat you know, mice and voles and stuff, they eat them whole. And then they they don't poop it out. They, like, barf it up. They barf up like an owl pellet. It's fur and bone, stuff they can't digest. Um, they're pretty gross looking, but they're cool to dissect because they have skeletons in them. And that's basically what Terrare did. He barfed up a Terrare pellet. And while all these tests on Terrari were being done in the name of medical research, he was still technically a soldier in the French Revolutionary Army. Uh, no one in the army was able to find a suitable job for him, uh, this uh, landfill of a person, until one French general by the name of Alexandre de Beauharnais. Uh, like I said, I know that's how you pronounce it. And Beauharnais had the idea to use Terrari for espionage. Ooh, spy story. The idea was to have Terrari swallow a wooden box that contained a message inside written on paper, and then he would pass it. Pretty good smuggling technique. Terrari was brought before a number of French generals just after finishing another experiment where he consumed 30 pounds of pork liver and lungs. General Beauharnais uh, asked Terrari to swallow the wooden box. In return, Terrari was promised a wheelbarrow full of bull organs. Yay, bull organs. Terrari liked the idea, I guess. It was his reward. Two days after the experiment began, Terrari passed, quote-unquote, passed the wooden box with the message intact. He was given his reward of a small wagon load of bull organs, which he scarfed down promptly, and his talent was put to real use. The French sent Terrari into Prussia. After making him swallow classified information, now he was an official spy, delivering an important message to an imprisoned French colonel behind enemy lines. Except Terrari made for a poor spy. He couldn't speak the enemy's language of German, and he stuck out like a sore thumb because, you know, all the trash gargling, the ungodly stench, and the absurdly large troll mouth. <laughs> he would stick out in any crowd. Plus, you, you can smell him from 20 paces away. What a great spy. The Prussians captured Terrare, stripped him down, searched, whipped, and tortured him for a full day before he finally broke. So he did keep his secret for a full day of torture. Um... Knowing the message was in his stomach after breaking him, the Prussians chained Terrare to a disgusting military latrine for hours until the message box was passed. Now, I can only imagine what late 18th century Prussian latrine would be like. All those German dudes just eating and pooping. Finally, Terrare laid his golden egg of a message. The Prussian general read it and found that the mission was just another test. It was useless information. The message just requested Terrari's contact to relay whether the message was delivered successfully. Basically, like, 
you know, if you get this, let us know he can be a spy. But it didn't work out. In a fit of rage, the Prussian general, after getting this message and having it be nothing, ordered that Tarare be hanged. And yes, it is hanged. Uh, when, it, when it's a person being hanged, it is hanged, not hung. Standing at the gallows, noose around his neck, Tarare started to shamelessly sob up there on the gallows. By this time, the Prussian general's rage had subsided a bit, and the sight of his prisoner weeping gave him a change of heart. The Prussian general ordered for Tarare's life to be spared, uh, of course, after a little bit of light torture. So they, they tortured him a bit, and then they set him free. <laughs> Upon his return to France, Tarare begged Dr. Percy to cure his polyphagia so that he could go about life as a normal man. Polyphagia is a uh, medical term used to describe someone who has like chronic overeating. Not like, not like us, where most people get hungry, they eat, their hunger is satiated. No, it doesn't matter how much he ate, he just kept eating. And Dr. Percy tried everything he could to, to cure Tarare's polyphagia. Um, everything he could think of. Tobacco, which I guess that has been known to quench people's appetite at times. And they tried vinegar and they even tried opium pills, but nothing was working. Tarare's demonic appetite led him to hang out behind the local butcher, where he was seen fighting off stray dogs and wolves for scraps of discarded meat around this time when uh, Dr. Percy was trying to cure him. And now... Back in the late 18th century, medicine was still under the impression that bleeding someone would cure certain ailments. This was known as bloodletting, and it flat out did not work. Uh, in fact, the only thing bloodletting ever did to their patients was make them ill or straight out kill them. Because who knew? Uh, blood, is, blood is a life-sustaining thing that we all need. <laughs> you shouldn't just let it spill out of your body. Uh, now, this bloodletting was being performed at the hospital where Tarare was being treated, in his downtime, Tarare was known to sneak out and find the patients who were undergoing bloodletting treatment so he could, and I kid you not, drink their blood to satiate his hunger. He was even caught in the hospital's morgue devouring dead body parts of, of the deceased. This behavior was tolerated by the hospital staff for unknown reasons. I, Someone was drinking blood of live people and eating dead people? You would think you'd go to jail. I don't know. Uh, perhaps Terrari was such a rare medical specimen that they were willing to let demonic human body feasting slide. But it seems the hospital staff had their final straw when a 14-month-old infant went missing from the hospital. Now, there's no proof that Terrari ate the boy, but rumors were circulating and Dr. Percy thought it best to kick him out all the same. <laughs> so that's one of the main things people take away from Terrari's story. He ate a baby. A live baby. Uh, but there's no proof that he actually did it. Knowing, hearing his other stories of what he's done, it's, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, he definitely could have eaten a baby, uh, but we don't actually know. Four years passed after Tarare was kicked out of the hospital by Dr. Percy. He was fending for himself in the French countryside. There's no record of his of his life uh, during this time, but um, his appetite, and due to his appetite, I doubt Tarare had much time to do anything but eat, sleep, and defecate. Once those four years ended, Tarare appeared at a hospital in Versailles uh, with a severe case of tuberculosis. Here's a little side note here. Versailles. V, spelled V-E-R-S-A-I-L-L-E-S. -L -L -E that is how you pronounce it. That is known all over the globe thanks to the Treaty of Versailles uh, after World War I. Famous treaty. Um, but for some reason, the city I live in in Pittsburgh 
There's a little area called North Versailles. They pronounce it Versailles. I'm telling you right now, it is Versailles. It makes me cringe every time I heard hear Versailles. Anyway, moving on. Dr. Baron Percy caught wind that the rarest patient he had ever treated was dying of tuberculosis. So he fled to Versailles to see him one last time alive. Percy was with Terare when he died in 1798 at the age of 26. He wrote that even though Terare reeked the high heaven while alive to the point where the fumes were visible, nothing prepared him for the stench that came shortly after Terare's death. It was quite common for a person's body to evacuate stool, urine, and saliva shortly after death. If you didn't know that, people die, their muscles relax, things come out of their body. This can be alarming for when a normal human body being dies, but when Terare died, it was basically hell on earth for everyone's olfactory senses within one mile. I exaggerate. Probably wasn't a whole mile radius, but uh, it probably was pretty far. Dr. Baron Percy began an autopsy on Terare, but had to stop halfway through. He and the other doctors performing the autopsy couldn't stand the stench. This medical marvel, he smelled so bad that they couldn't do a full autopsy on him. Crazy. What they did find during the autopsy before they gave up was horrifying. Terare's jaw was huge, and although all of his teeth remained in his mouth, quote, the color of their enamel streaked like marble, and the molars were much worn away. So his teeth were all worn down from eating ridiculous amounts of food. And there, he had plaque marbling his teeth. With Terare's head tilted back, quote, the mouth and esophagus formed a rectilinear canal into which a cylinder of a foot in circumference could be introduced without touching the palate, end quote. Meaning Terare's mouth, throat, mouth and throat were gaped to over a foot in circumference all the way down to his stomach. It's, I, I don't know how that's medically possible, but it sounds like he really did look like a Canadian character on South Park. His abdomen was severely deformed. Terare's digestive system dominated the vast majority of his abdominal cavity. So whereas you and I, our torsos would have like a good, you know, balance of what our organs would take up right, in our abdomens, right? Terare's was like 90% his digestive system. And he had a huge liver. Here, the London Medical and Physical Journal states, the entrails were putrefied and confounded together and immer immersed in pus. The liver was excessively large, void of consistence, and in putrescent state. The gallbladder was of considerable magnitude, the stomach in a lax state, and having ulcerated patches dispersed about it, covered almost the whole of the abdominal region. End quote. Although Terari's actions were at time immoral, and almost always disgusting, the autopsy helped show that he wasn't just an evil person obsessed with consuming um, everything. He was plagued by a freak medical condition. He was born that way. Now, I started on this episode, I started looking into Tarare's life with the hopes of coming away with this uh, disgusting but comical story. I wanted it to be kind of funny and gross. I wanted to tell this on my podcast and blog, but I soon found myself pitying this man. I felt really bad for him. He was born this way, and then his family abandoned him for it. And he had this hellish appetite and need to consume virtually all that was around him. It took over his entire personality. Nothing in here says what kind of person Terare was because no one knew. He, I doubt he even knew. All he knew was to eat, eat, eat. That's it. And summarizing Dr. Percy's observations, the London Medical and Physical Journal writes, quote, The young Terare was almost devoid of force and ideas. When he had eaten to a moderate extent, 
and his hunger only appeased, he was quick and active. He was heavy and sleepy only when he had eaten to excess. End quote. It's as if to say, for most of his life, he was either tortured by awful hunger pains, and when he, or when he had eaten, his body used up so much energy for digestion that his mind went blank, incapable of any real thought. There were only glimpses of who he really was in those rare occasions when Terare's hunger was only appeased. His story is a tragic one. The only people who cared about Terare were only invested in him as a specimen, not a person, a specimen to be observed. No one cared what kind of person he was or what personality he possessed. And yeah, I'm going to end the episode on that depressing note. Um, this dude who's laughed at in medical journals, not laughed at, but marveled at in medical journals, had a tortured life. Now, I've covered the main points on Terare's life in this podcast, but if you'd like to learn more, I have included an accompanying blog post uh, where you'll find the script of this episode, plus a lot of extra resources. I took out snippets, pictures, um, uh, plus links to all my sources. I did a similar blog post for episode 10, The Sacred Band of Thebes, and I think I'm going to publish my notes more often. I think some people prefer to read this. Um, link for this for the blog post will be in the description of the podcast. Until next week, Huda Thunkers, I really appreciate you listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Adios.